Hello, and welcome to California One. This is Jojo Joseph coming to you from San Diego, California. Uh, welcome to our next episode. Thank you all for tuning in around the world. Uh, we've had quite a few people everywhere from Moscow to Portugal to England to Malaysia uh, to all over the United States. We've had listeners from all over. So thank you for that. Uh, continue to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple and Spotify and Amazon, Khaled Formula One, the one number one. Um, but thank you all for all your support. Uh, we're going into an amazing week here. Uh, lots of big news, lots to cover. Um, as we do a preview for the Portuguese Grand Prix, we're also going to talk about some pretty big news that's been going on uh, in the world of Formula One from changes to qualifying to adding uh, Grand Prix to getting rid of Grand Prix, canceling because of COVID still. Uh, we'll dive into all of that. Uh, but yeah, this week we are heading into Portugal, uh, Portimao to be uh, uh, specific. It's a very popular track um, with a lot of the fans. It was added last year uh, during COVID uh, as they're kind of as Formula One kind of adjusted to the COVID pandemic, uh, and they decided to keep it on this year, much to the delight of everyone. So this should be a phenomenal race. Um, you know, last year it was it was straight up Mercedes domination, Lewis Hamilton uh, fastest lap, pole position, winning the uh, winning the the race, Valtteri Bottas right behind him, and then uh, Red Bull coming in third. Uh, with Max Verstappen, uh, that should not be the case this year. This year, uh, this uh, weekend should be pretty intense. Um, it should be a great race, and we'll dive into that in a second when we do our preview. Let's cover some of the news that's been going on. Um, some changes to the calendar this year, next year. Um, the big one that just broke today, bad news slash good news, um, but the bad news is the Canadian Grand Prix uh, that's going to be held in Montreal is canceled. Uh, you know, with COVID going on, Canada's been pretty strict understandably about COVID protocols and opening up the country and keeping things closed. Um, you know, I've talked to a few friends in Canada and their vaccine uh, distribution has been delayed quite a bit. Um, and so, um, you know, that's why that is, who knows. Uh, but because it is, uh, they're not going to be getting the kind of immunity that we're getting in other places. So, you know, they're not opening anything up. They're not, uh, they're actually in a lockdown right now. So um, it was kind of getting to the nitty gritty. Uh, when it came down to whether they were going to have the race or not have the race or have it behind closed doors, Canada is pretty specific that even if it's under closed doors, they're, you know, with no fans, it's still a risk. Uh, so it was canceled. Um, now, that sucks for Canadian fans, uh, sucks for American fans who go up to Canada. I've been wanting to go up there. Um, and uh, so it'll have to wait till 2022, which, which is fine. Uh, safety comes first. Um, on the flip side of it, um, in order to replace the race, um, Formula One decided to go back to Turkey. So this was something that they added last year, again, because of COVID, just like Portugal. They decided that they were going to uh, uh, bring back that race last year just to make up uh, make up a race. And now this year, because Canada's uh, canceled, they're going to go back to, to Istanbul. So it's going to be placed uh, uh, on the calendar. Uh, should be a great race. I actually really, really like this track a lot. Uh, those Formula One fans who are uh, familiar with Turkey from back in the day, they know that Turkey's got uh, a phenomenal turn, turn number eight, uh, which has four apexes. So if you uh, have a chance, go on to YouTube and, uh, you know, go ahead and, you know, Google turn eight, Turkey Grand Prix or Turkish Grand Prix, 
and you'll see uh, some amazing driving. They go all out into this uh, turn. They have to hit four apexes to execute it perfectly. Last year was a bit rainy, um, and so you didn't get to see that quite as bit. That being said, last year's Turkish Grand Prix was one of the best races um, in the last decade. This was a phenomenal race. Uh, it was pouring rain, but really what it came down to is you saw a masterclass in Lewis Hamilton. For all of you haters who say, oh, it's just a car, it's just a car, like Lewis Hamilton, just from that race alone should show you that he's, it's not just a car, he's a phenomenal driver. Um, so it's kind of you know sad that we're losing Canada, but we are going to get a great track, uh, Istanbul Park, um, if we're for Turkey. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Moving on to next year, uh, great news for all of us here in the United States. Uh, we're actually going to have two Grand Prix. So, you know, we do have COTA, uh, Circuit of the Americas, United States Grand Prix. Uh, but now we're going to have a race in Miami. So cue the Will Smith music. We're going to Miami. Uh, this is actually going to be held. Uh, you know, it, I think it's going to be great. Um, but it's going to be held uh, at Hard Rock Stadium uh, just outside Miami. Uh, it's going to be in the stadium area parking lot slash streets. So what they're going to do is they're going to convert uh, a whole bunch of the stadium parking lots and surrounding areas into a, a circuit. Uh, some people are like, well, they're racing in a parking lot. It's not that big of a deal. I'm going to sit there and tell you something real quick. So I used to work, uh, you know, for the San Diego Padres. Uh, the people who are running the Miami Dolphins organization and who are organizing this used to work at the Padres. Um, when it comes to putting on events, they are second to none. They know what they're doing. Um, they're going to uh, bring it. I mean, like, case of point, they they once were like, we're going to have a concert in Petco Park, but it's going to be a small, intimate concert. Everyone was like, how are you going to have a small, intimate uh, concert here at a ballpark? You know, it's going to be this wide open ballpark with, you know, just a few seats and everything. And, uh, you know, Tom Garfinkel and the rest of the organization uh, made it work. So when you walked in there, it was like you were in an intimate setting. It was pretty phenomenal. It was pretty amazing how they did that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I expect really good things. They do the Miami Open as well. They've done a bunch of other events down there. Um, it should be phenomenal. I mean, I, I, it really comes down to like the fact that people are going to sit there and, you know, be, you know, one way or the other, uh, you know, snobbish about it. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to be anything to really worry about. I think what's going to end up happening um, is that you're going to get an amazing event. It's going to be top-notch. It's going to be in Miami of all places, so it should be a great race weekend. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Um, now, the third change, or third big news thing that we want to talk about um, is kind of big because we're going to have three races this year uh, where we're actually changing the qualifying format. So this is something that just happened this week. Uh, one of the reasons I kind of pushed back uh, doing the preview, uh, but what we're going to have happen now is sprint qualifying. So traditionally, for those of you who are, who are kind of new, yes, Friday was practice days. Um, you know, uh, Saturday had, so you had two practice sessions on Friday. Saturday, you'd have a practice session and qualifying, and then Sunday, you have the race. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a practice session on Friday, and then we're going to have traditional qualifying on Friday, and then a practice session on Saturday, and then Saturday, they're going to have a sprint race. So it's going to be a short version of the Grand Prix. Uh, it's essentially going to you know, set everyone up in a, in a grid order uh, based on how they uh, qualified on Friday. And they're going to have a little bit of a sprint race. The end of that race <laughs> determines the qualifying for the main Grand Prix on Sunday. 
Um, now you're going to get, again, you've been seeing on Twitter and all over people, oh my gosh, they're changing it, why change it, why change it? I love the Formula One qualifying format, but I really do think this is a great way to kind of stir up the pot. Um, you know, it, it, it does amazing in uh, Formula Two. Um, it, it adds a little bit of action. <laughs> you get to see more racing. I, I, I don't know why you don't want to see more racing. Uh, a sprint race is pretty cool because, you know, it changes strategy a little bit. Um, and, you know, you're going to see a lot more overtaking and drivers and, and great stuff. Now, the biggest thing you have to worry about is cars wrecking during the sprint race and putting them in, in a bad position. Uh, you know, so if you're from the mindset of you want to make sure everything is pristine for Sunday, yeah, I understand your point. But the reality of the situation is I think it'll be fun. You get an extra little small race. You get to kind of preview the track and see, you know, how everyone's doing and, you know, see how it evolves. Qualifying is great in and of itself, but... It's also kind of cool just to see, you know, these cars aren't going to have as much fuel in them, so they're going to be lighter, they're going to be faster, you know, they're going to be, I think, on one set of tires, so, you know, the strat, or actually they may have one one uh, change, so I'm not quite sure, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's really, really going to be an interesting format. It's only three races this year, uh, and they're doing this before the new regs next year, which is really going to even out the field. So we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty excited to see it. Uh, my only concern here being in, in the United States is, you know, is that sprint race, uh, and then qualifying on Friday is going to be still be at a decent time um, as opposed to getting up at like two in the morning. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, we'll see. Hopefully it's not that bad. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it'll it'll be a good change of pace and everything. But, you know, moving on to Portugal now, we're kind of into a great, great race here where the season is pretty, pretty even right now. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is leading the standings. Uh, by one point, uh, you know, and in second place is not Valtteri Bottas, it's not another Mercedes car, uh, and in third place is not a Red Bull, um, so already the season is off to a phenomenal spark. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting, it's a tight race, um, honestly, there's no prediction on what's going to happen this weekend, You, we really don't know. Uh, last year, you know, um, as exciting as it was to go back to Portugal, uh, it was pretty obvious that Mercedes was going to dominate, and it was who's going to finish third. No, we know Max is going to finish third. Okay, who's going to finish fourth? And that's really where the drama happens. This year, um, you know, there, there's really, it's just really open on who is going to uh, be on the podium, uh, who's going to win the race, who's going to get the fastest lap, who's going to uh, qualify on pole. And I think that leads to a bunch of excitement going this weekend. So let's kind of dive in. We'll look at all the teams, we'll preview all the teams. Um, kind of work our way up again, um, you know, and see, you know, how everyone's doing, uh, and then kind of work work from there. Uh, you know, starting starting with the with the Haas team here, um, you know, as we know, they, they they really aren't expecting much. We're not going to dive too much into them. Um, you know, uh, I think the expectation for both drivers is they have to just finish their races and not spin out. Um, you know, both Mick and Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Have, it, have had issues. They're going to have a lot of grace this year. Um, the only issue is, you know, are they going to interfere with the drivers, other drivers? Uh, are they going to be able to overcome these obstacles, get used to the car? It's, you know, going to be hard. <laughs> you know, it's a long grind for the season, so they just have to keep their heads down. But we'll see how they do. Hopefully both are able to run clean races and, and finish the races. Moving forward uh, with Williams. So Williams, um, you know, last time we talked, you know, George Russell got into a massive wreck uh, with Valtteri Bottas, and Nicholas Atifi was knocked out in the first first lap uh, after qualifying really, really well for his car. Um, and so they had a bad weekend. Uh, Nicholas is looking to bounce back. He showed good pace. Uh, 
definitely marking a big difference from last year where he's, he's a lot more competitive this year. Um, he's still going to be a bit of a back marker, but we'll see if he's able to punch his way out. Uh, but that being said, George Russell was actually racing in the points. Uh, he was passing a Mercedes, and he got into that a little bit of a scrap uh, with Valtteri Bottas. They both wrecked, and then, um, you know, at the time he was a bit heated. I, I, I kind of mentioned that he was a bit unsportsmanlike by going up and screaming and yelling and slapping him beside the head um, while Valtteri was still in the car. Um, and then after the podcast uh, last week, George came out and said, yep, he was wrong, <laughs> especially after all the videos showed that Valtteri actually didn't do anything wrong. He was just on the racing line trying to keep his position, which he's entitled to do. He gave him plenty of space. George just went onto a wet part of the track, went over, went overboard on the throttle, uh, hit some wet pavement, um, and then got off the track a little bit and then completely wiped out. Uh, was very lucky not to hurt Valtteri, thankfully for the halo, because his car went right up onto right up onto the halo. So, uh, you know. It's a learning experience for him. He apologized. He came clean and said, you know, what, I was totally at fault. And he said, sorry. So moving forward, we'll see how both uh, him and Nicholas do uh, this race. I'm expecting big things for them. Moving on, you know, we're going to go into the disappointments. I'm calling Alpha Mayo is not really a disappointment. Uh, you know, they were doing somewhat good. Kim Reckoning got a BS penalty. Um, but, you know, they're still not going to be challenging uh, as high as we think they're going to be. No points so far this year. They almost had points last week. Uh, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi is doing really, really well as well, considering, again, the car. Uh, but, you know, they, I'm sure they want to get points. I think going into this weekend, they're thinking to themselves, getting points is a win, and getting into the top ten is a win. So that's what they're aiming for, and we'll see what happens. Now we're kind of moving on to, sorry, to the actual disappointments here. Uh, three teams here who all expected to do better. We're going to lump them all in. Together, Alpine, uh, or sorry, I keep saying Alpine, Alpine, uh, the the former Renault team, um, you know, with Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, um, you know, these guys are, are struggling. They only have three points in the standings. They have not been doing really well. Uh, Fernando came out this week and even said, look, I need to be doing a lot better. I haven't been doing well at all. Um, and she's right. <laughs> you know, he has not been doing well at all. Um, you know, for the former two-time champion who has – shown flashes of, you know, his former self, but he's also struggled to keep up uh, with some of these rookies, uh, you know, <laughs> some of the younger drivers, uh, even his own teammate. It, it seems like he's really not keeping the pace. And there's kind of a trend there because up on, in the number six spot, same thing with Aston Martin, um, uh, which has Sebastian Vettel, the four-time champion, uh, also struggling. He's struggling pretty bad as well. Uh, his teammate Lance Stroll is outperforming him, uh, but for both teams, it seems like the, the world champions that they bought on board are kind of weighing down the team. So you have to wonder, was it a good idea to bring back these, uh, bring back both gentlemen, uh, both of these champions, uh, elder statesmen, uh, when they could have gotten younger drivers? Uh, it is a big question. You have to wonder if it was the right move, if it, was, if it wasn't the right move. Lance is doing really great at Aston Martin. Esteban's had a bit of bad luck, but he's still you know, doing just fine. Um, so it, it's just one of those things where you have to wonder, um, you know, what, what's going to happen. Like Esteban has, he's leading the points. It's by one point, but he's leading Esteban. Um, you know, Lance has five points and Sebastian has zero. So that's something that was unexpected. So, um, yeah, both champions, full former champions need to step it up. Uh, we'll see what happens. Alpha Tari is another one. They've had a bit of bad luck. They have a rookie who's had a 
you know, you know, he's learning, <laughs> you know, so he's making some good things and bad things. Yuki Tsunoda has done well considering, um, you know, last race, uh, he fought his way back up and then had an unfortunate spin that put him out of the points. Uh, but that being said, he's still impressive. Pierre Gasly has had just really bad luck this year. Um, you know, so it's good. It's going to be, uh, I, I kind of want to see him have a clean race where he's not getting clipped, where he's not getting pushed off, where things aren't going crazy. Uh, I would love to just see him have a good, uh, good race, you know, the tires or he has the right tires on the car at the right time and everything like everyone else. So, uh, I'm expecting them to come up roaring back this uh, week. They're in the five spot right now. Uh, I do feel that they feel that they should be higher, uh, you know, um, because they were coming in with a head full of steam saying we are going to compete this year. We're going to be really, really good. Um, and I really think that they're going to make a surge, um, especially that team. They seem to have things locked on. Uh, in the four spot, uh, Ferrari, again, you know, uh, typically we expect Ferrari to be at the top. The last couple of years they haven't. Last year was a terrible year. They're rebounding really well. Um, the big question is, how well do they rebound this week in Portugal? Is it going to be, you know, something where they're challenging for a podium? Is it something they're going to be fighting off the rest of the midfield? Uh, honestly, we don't know. Uh, they seem to have good pace. Uh, both uh, Charles and uh, Carlos are seem to be vibing really well. They seem to be racing really well. They seem to be very comfortable. Uh, it seems like the pressure of driving a Ferrari doesn't seem to be weighing down on both of them, even though behind the scenes it probably is. Uh, but I think that the expectations are constantly kind of inching higher and higher. Uh, the question is, will the car uh, match those expectations? That's the big question. Is Ferrari going to be able to, uh, you know, as both drivers put in good performances and steady performances and keep challenging, are they going to be able to, you know, kind of push the car to the point where it's getting on the podiums and potentially getting wins? Um, we'll see. Um, you know, both drivers have been doing really, really well. Um, you know, there's really nothing you could sit there and say, you know, anything bad about them, really. Carlos is sitting in the sixth spot in the championship with 14 points. Very decent for his, you know, first year, especially with that car. And Charles is number four. You know, he's he's doing very, very well. Um you know, there's a lot of other drivers you would have figured uh, would be uh, out out uh, performing him at this point, not because of him as a driver, but because of Ferrari as a car. Uh, but when you look at it and you're saying, "Wow, he's ahead of not just his teammate, he's but he's also ahead of Valtteri Bottas with the Mercedes. He's ahead of Dana Ricardo. He's ahead of Sergio Perez. He's ahead of Pierre Gasly. That's huge, and that's a really good confidence builder for him. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm expecting good things from Ferrari. This week, the only thing is we just don't know, you know, if it's going to be, uh, we don't know how big of a step forward it's going to be. Let's just put it that way. Um, but, you know, confidence, you know, is a big thing for them, uh, but also pressure. So we'll see how they balance that out. Moving on to McLaren. McLaren has got a great thing going right now. Uh, they have two great drivers, one of whom is really, really thriving, and one of whom is pretty confident that he's going to be thriving soon enough. Um so, you know, Lando uh, is, I mean, he's exceeding any and all expectations. You know, everyone was saying, and I said this, uh, that, you know, Daniel would come in and, you know, be the A driver, and Lando's pretty pretty confidently put this foot down and say, nope, that's me, it's still me, it's going to be me. Uh, you know, the British driver driving for the British team uh, has kind of stretched out his arms and put his foot down on the throttle pretty hard, and he is sitting at the number three spot. Uh, in this Indy Championship standings, you know, people expected maybe he'd be a little bit lower or he'd be closer to his teammate. 
but nope, he is uh, double the points, almost double the points on his teammate, um, and he is really, really driving well. Like he is in a zone. Uh, if you've watched his races, he's putting in great laps. He's showing great pace. Um, you know, the the question is now, uh, is he going to get on the podium or not get on the podium? That's that's the question. Is he going to be able to push out? You know, uh, you know the other Mercedes for Valtteri, the other Red Bull for Sergio. Uh, and, you know, the, the Ferraris, is he able to push them away and, you know, stay in the podium spot? I don't know if he's going to be challenging for wins. I'm sure, you know, with, with retirements and with red flags and safety cars, there's a chance that he's going to be able to uh, get a win. Uh, but the question is, you know, how lucky is he going to be um, or how uh, fortuitous is the race going to be for him? Uh, but that being said, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a win, but right now Lando should be thinking I am going to get a podium. His teammate seems to be struggling a little bit, but he's also pretty confident that he won't be struggling much longer. Daniel Ricciardo is, is, is pretty confident that he will be world champion at McLaren. Um, and, and the question is, again, like I wouldn't put it in the same category as Fernando, Alonso, or Sebastian Vettel who are struggling uh, with younger teammates. But that being said... Uh, with Daniel, you know, he is an experienced driver. He's been in for 10-plus years now uh, in Formula 1. And so he came in thinking, I'm going to be the A guy, I'm going to be the number one guy, and he quite frankly hasn't been, uh, but not really driving terrible by any stretch. He's just not doing what Lando Norris is doing. But he's a competitive guy, so we'll see uh, where he rises up. I'm expecting him to come out pretty aggressive this weekend. I think he really wants to put his foot down, like I've mentioned Lando putting out his arms and putting his foot down. I think Daniel's the same way where he says, look, I need to have a great performance. I need to have great qualifying. I need to make sure everything is with the car is set. Uh, I think that he's, you know, getting used to the car. But I think at this point, you, you need to be used to the car, period. <laughs> and you need, just need to uh, get out there and, and get results. So we'll see if he's able to do that. Um, but big things going on at McLaren. So we'll, we'll see if they're able to continue that. Now moving on to the, the two title contenders, um, you know, only seven points separate them in the constructor standings. On the driver's side, they're, like I mentioned before, it's one point separating Lewis and uh, Lewis and Max Verstappen. Um, you know, again, we don't know who's going to win. Uh, both cars are incredibly good. They're incredibly fast. Uh, and But most importantly, you know, outside the cars, they, they all have phenomenal drivers. Uh, Sergio and Valtteri have had a bit of bad luck. You know, Valtteri obviously last... Uh, last race uh, got knocked out pretty badly by George Russell um, and cost him some valuable points, which plummeted him in, in the standings. Uh, so he's not sitting in a good spot right now. Uh, so he's looking to have a good, clean race. Um, you know, coming into the, the season, you know, he, he was very, very insistent that he was going to challenge for a championship. And quite frankly, he's had a bad season so far in that regard. Uh, so, you know, after this uh, past wreck which really shook him up i'm expecting him to get his head clear and get out there sergio's had good luck bad luck but he's racing really well he's charged through the pack several times um and he seems to be doing pretty good but it's just a matter of him having a clean qualifying uh which he didn't have last race getting you know a good start a good positioning on a good start which he didn't have and then also just making sure he's able to keep up so uh, you know there's this whole thing of is red bull b driver cursed He's not cursed. Um, you know, there's bad luck. Yes, it's not a curse. No, uh, but he'll be he'll be good. Um, and we'll see where, where he's able to go from there. Um, now, moving on to the two title contenders. Um, both of them are feeling really good. Both of them are looking really good. They're both 
uh, seem to be enjoying uh, the moment. Uh, Mags is happy uh, that he's finally in a competitive car to compete with the Mercedes. Uh, I think Lewis Hamilton is happy that you know he actually has someone who's going to challenge him. Um, you know, and he seems to be thriving off of that. And when you looked at the last race, you know, he, he did have a terrible start. Max put the car in second gear, I think, and was able to kind of push him off to the side there and uh, do some really good things um, and, and, and drove a masterclass. But when you looked at Lewis making that terrible mistake um, and then, you know, having to reverse back onto the track and then go back out there um, and charge through the pack. Yes, he got lucky with the safety car, but... After the safety car, um, you know, Valtteri Bottas was stuck in traffic and wasn't able to move forward. Uh, other guys were stuck in traffic. Uh, other guys spun out. And Lewis kind of just, you know, put his head down and was able to charge back up through the pack. Um, and, you know, he ended up uh, getting second place. Um, that was pretty impressive. That's really impressive. I, you know, uh, again, you know, people like to say it's just the car or, oh, it's just this or that or he's very lucky. And I think those people just need to stop uh, watching Formula One because you're just never going to be happy at this point. Um, you know, he, he's phenomenal, uh, but I'm just interested to see how good Max is going to challenge him and how well Max is going to beat him. Because right now, I mean, let's be honest, Max Verstappen, even though he's one point down, is the favorite to win the championship this year. You know, I think when you look at the car, when you look at, you know, how things are shaping up with the tracks and everything, uh, it does tilt in Red Bull's favor, and it's not just like, oh, well, the car is better. They have a prodigy who's been aiming for this moment and kind of, you know, gnawing at the bit for this moment. Um, you know, the thing that the last couple of years when Mercedes was dominating is you've seen Max really take that effort. Of he's, he knows he's going to finish third, but he also knows, like, okay, I know I'm going to finish third, but how can I maximize finishing third? How can I sit there and make sure that I'm, um, you know, hitting the apex is just right, understanding how to change, you know, everything on the car, how to read the car right, manage the tires, manage the brakes, manage the weight distribution, manage driving in the rain. So even though he knew that he was never going to win, he still took the time to get that esoteric knowledge of the car. And now that the car is good, you're seeing his, his genius come out. Uh, so you have two, I mean, this is essentially going to be like Mozart versus Beethoven, uh, you know, <laughs> two masters, uh, two great drivers, um, one of whom who's at the apex of his career, one of whom who hasn't hit the apex yet. So we're, we'll see how things go. I mean, it should be a phenomenal race. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, let us know what you think. You know, email us at uh, CaliFormula1podcast at gmail.com. But also, like I said, subscribe. Uh, let your friends know. You know, say, hey, you know, Here's an average guy talking about Formula One, not too, nothing too specific so you won't get lost, uh, but also nothing too bland. So uh, let us know what you think. Also, be sure to send us uh, feedback. Uh, give us a good ranking, please, or, or leave us a good review, please. Uh, but that being said, uh, we're going to sign off. We'll be checking in with you Sunday evening uh, after the race, uh, and hopefully we'll be having some pretty exciting uh, news to talk about with this race. That being said, you all have a good one, and we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.